Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and I'm catching up with Melissa again. Melissa went full-time working on her site, stopped her, stopped her corporate job in August, so she's only about two months in, and we're going to get a few updates on her sites, talk a little bit about uh, some observations she has on how long it takes for newly published content to rank on various sites, plus prioritizing your workflow and your projects after you go full-time when now you have all these possibilities. So Melissa, thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me back. Of course. Well, I'm excited to get some updates. And last time we chatted, I think you told me you had many, many sites. And oh, so many sites. <laughs> some had uh, some issues with algorithm updates, which yeah. since we talked, there have already been like two, at least two other fairly significant Google algorithm there, updates. September was like mm -hmm. the month of the Google update. I think there were like three in September alone. So it's been a pretty crazy ride lately. Wow. Yeah, it's there, there's a lot of them. So it's like they were they were catching up for lost time. Well, before we get into it, Melissa, can you give us a little bit of an intro for people that didn't catch the first interview? Of course, we'll link up so they could check out that one. But yeah, who are you? What do you do? Can you just give us a little background yeah, on why we're chatting? Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Melissa. I took... Doug's course in 2019, which kind of started my whole path to affiliate websites and things like that. I have had a tech website for years and years. I come from the tech industry. I've been like a tech blogger for a long time. But then I kind of started getting into, you know, some of the affiliate site stuff and other types of sites, um, food blogs, things like that, because I love to cook. And I've been doing it as a hobby for since 2019. And I kind of got to the point where it's like, I really really love this hobby. I think I've gotten far enough that I can prove that I can do it. So I decided uh, this year that I was going to go full time and give it a whirl. So here I am now I'm about two months out of my corporate job. And I am doing this for real now. Congratulations. I know that is what people try to do often is like, make enough money so they can quit their corporate job. So big step Were you were you pretty nervous when you were going to put in your notice or had you been thinking about it for so long you just couldn't wait? It was a little bit of a combination. I was a little nervous uh, and it was also kind of liberating. Originally, I was going to wait a little longer to do it, but I was realizing that um, because I was still working full time, I wasn't getting anything done on my site. So I kind of felt like the longer I let it go, like the worst spot I was in. And I can even tell you a lot of what I did the first month or two is kind of like figure out where am I am? Where am I? Right. Because like a lot of things had plateaued for me because I didn't have the time to put into it that I knew I needed to, to see growth. So a lot of it has been kind of level setting, taking an inventory of what I have, trying to figure out where to put the effort, which we'll talk about a little bit more, but realize, really realizing, okay, I've neglected a lot of this stuff and now I have to make up for it, which is kind of tough. And I alluded to a lot of sites that you have. So um, how many sites are you working on in your portfolio? Okay, so I have 21 total. I, I actually made a spreadsheet to count this, but I'm only working on two, three, four. I would say I'm working on about six um, right now, like really putting significant effort into them. The other ones I just kind of let sit. And what's really interesting about that is I have a couple of affiliate sites that were like, they were money grabs. Like, let's just put it that way. I wasn't doing things the right way. I was really good at on-page SEO. I've been doing SEO for a long time. 
And it was just like straight up a website full of best whatever articles. So when product review rolled along, uh, they got taken out pretty hard, which, you know, I, I wasn't really upset or anything over. It was kind of a bummer. Uh, but what I've noticed is with the last round of Google updates in September, they're all coming back, which is really shocking to me because I had pretty much just like written them off. And I'm like, I'm just going to let them sit because they make me a couple bucks. Why not? Uh, but they're starting to come back, which is promising. So I'm going to and I just noticed that literally when I was getting ready to talk to you, Doug, I was kind of going through everything I'm like, wait, how did this happen? So one of the things I'm going to be doing this week is just kind of evaluating where they are and saying, OK, do I need to put a little time here and what can I do? OK. Got it. And I'm trying to remember, Did have you started more sites since the last time we talked or did you oh, just not have um, a full count? Well, I might have started one or two more. Okay. Because that's just, it's just what I do, Doug. I get an idea. I go register a domain. I can tell you I bought a couple domains that I haven't started yet, but I, a couple that I was just like, um, I needed like another fun site that wasn't right. like, so I need to put a lot of time, thought and effort. So I actually bought a site. Um, and it's like very, I don't, I don't want to like reveal the niche or anything, but it's just like very mindless. Like it's relaxing okay. to work on because it's not like super hard to write for. So Got that's it. something I didn't have in my portfolio. Just like I'm completely spent, but I want to do something. What do I do now? I have this fun site to work on. So that's exciting. Okay. Got it. All right. So that, that is a lot of sites. And we're going to talk a little bit about how you manage your time now that you don't have to answer to a boss and you can choose exactly what you want to work I, on. I'm so. my own boss now. She's kind of rough. <laughs> yeah. It's worse. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. So we, yeah, we will talk about that. Um, first off, let's talk a little about the, the Google update. So you yeah. mentioned that a couple of your sites were hit and, um, can, can you tell us just in the last year or so, especially like as you're approaching, um, you know, quitting and then you, you started, you started <laughs> working for yourself and then there were, there were more updates. So, so first off, like how have you fared? How have the sites fared generally, um, over the past year or so? So with the exception, until September, until the September cycle, I was doing fine, except for those couple of really money grab affiliate sites, like I told you about, like they were just like straight up best everything. Like, okay. Probably shouldn't have done that, but it was fun. So I did it. Uh, I like to experiment. What can I say? So those had gotten hit, like every product review update hit again, hit again, hit again. Like if I put the analytics graph out, it's just like, boom, down, boom, down, boom, down. Uh, one was down to like 30 keywords and Ahrefs. It was completely ridiculous. So other than those very review-centric sites getting hit, I was pretty much doing fine everywhere else. And in September with this whole round, like I said, those sites that were hit came back some, didn't do much, put a little more content on them, um, maybe a little bit of link building, but pretty much was just letting them sit there. And I made through helpful content on all my sites, no problem, which was kind of nice for me to kind of validate that, okay, I... I'm actually writing helpful content. I kind of know what I'm doing here. So I did, uh, with the exception of those sites, I did pretty good this round of Google updates, which is nice to see because I've had other ones in the past, just like, you know, take out half the traffic on a site for no apparent reason. You're like, well, what do I do now? Okay. And you said um, some of the sites are recovering. Yeah. So can you talk about the, like how many uh, recovered from how many were hit? Yeah, so I had... Yeah, you got it. I had three that were just like decimated gone. Um, one, which was like my really, really fun one, like a really super niche thing that I love. Yeah, that's not doing anything. But the other two, as of um, the date, is like September 25th for some reason, where they both shot up. 
So I don't, I don't know if that was the last product review update or the core update or what. But since that, like they've just like skyrocketed back up, um, like 30% growth and they're still growing. It's just like every day is more and more and more. So that was really, really interesting to me. Cause like I said, I didn't really do much. I just kind of let them sit. So I dove a little deeper and I'm like, okay, what articles are doing better? And it's more content-based stuff. There's a couple like best of articles, but it's mostly like how to type articles or comparing articles and stuff like that. Not the straight, you know, here's the 10 best products. Let's review them articles. So I thought that was super, super interesting. And as far as has it helped me at, you know, I logged into Amazon affiliates this morning. And I noticed I had a really good day yesterday and like better day than I've had in a long time. So I think maybe that's a little encouraging as well. And it's definitely something that I'm going to keep an eye on to see how these sites kind of progress. If they stall out and die again, or they keep going up or we'll have to see. And just to clarify, so they went up 30% from where they had I was just, Yeah, I was just doing month over month. Okay. So it's probably more than that, honestly, because September 25th to the beginning of October. So it's it was like a graph like that. Okay. Um, but I just did like compare the last 30 days to the previous 30 days. So I would think next month I'll probably even have a better story. Got it. Okay. And yeah, the other thing uh, that's so interesting, of course, is you, you really didn't do too much. And I think you said you maybe uh, had a couple links or just basic stuff that you would probably be doing anyway, but you didn't like change any major thing across all the posts or anything like that. Right. No, nothing. I just kind of let them, when I saw them get decimated like that, I was kind of like, and this is my time to like how some I spend my time, right? I was like, do I spend, I don't even know how much time trying to revive this or do I go on to things that are making me money now? And I was like, I'm going on to things that are making me money now. I'm not going to sit here and try to fix this right now. Uh, It's kind of always been like the back of my mind one day when I get around to it, but I didn't feel like now was the time to do that. That's a question that people ask all the time, you know, should I spend time on recovering a site? Sometimes they only have one, so it makes the decision a little bit easier. (laughs) But yeah, was that tough for you to like wrestle with? It was hard because in their um, heyday, they were doing really, really well. So to kind of watch all that disappear is really difficult and you want to fix it. But looking at kind of going full time, I was like, is that the best use of my time right now to spend it kind of doing that versus, okay, I have other activities that will grow sites that I know don't have problems on them right now, or grow sites that are already on an ad network or already have a ton of affiliate links I know will bring me more revenue faster. Okay. And then with your other sites, is it difficult to figure out which one to work on? That was hard. And I had to really take a long look at everything. I have a bunch of dashboards I've built in something called Google Data Studio. And what that does, it lets you pull in your search console and your analytics data and basically build a dashboard where I can see all of my sites at once, right? Instead of like rolling through analytics and clicking and clicking and clicking. So it was kind of taking a look at all the sites and saying, okay, how are they doing? What is growing faster, right? Because I'll look over time and how, how does that graph look? If something's going up, I think I should put, keep putting effort on it, right? If it's stalled or flat plateaued, then I kind of look at more of, okay, is this a topic I feel passionate about and I think has potential or do I just want to let it sit for a while? So what I did is I kind of said, okay, I have two sites on Mediavine. Those I'm going to keep working on because every article I publish is going to bring me money basically immediately, right? So that, that was the easy part when you already have stuff bringing in money, putting more effort there, bringing in more money, easy. 
But now going full time, I also want to build a little bit more of a portfolio. So I kind of said, okay, what sites do I think have the most potential to grow the quickest? So I kind of narrowed it down to two. And then I told you I bought like a new fun site is number three now. Just like when I'm like, I'm fried. I can't like do any more writing that takes effort. Like I just want to have some fun. That's that site. So I have those sites. So that's um, about six sites I'm actively working on pretty much. Okay. Got it. And just for, I'm jumping all over the place, but for clarification on the newer sites that, you know, you were like, ah, maybe I, I started a couple uh, new ones and you, you said you'll kind of set them up and let them sit. So yeah. what does that sort of initial like setup look like? Maybe a time frame, how much content, any other details that help us understand what you do for those kind of fledgling sites? Yeah. So I like to get to at least 50 articles on them now. I started more in the 20 range and to leave that and sit for a while and come back to it, you still might not have that much to work with on a new site. Cause part of the thing I look like, look at is over time. um, Like how much content do I have? How many impressions am I getting and search console and stuff like that. And that's kind of my indicator of, should I go back and take a look at it and update it and that kind of stuff. Right. So just having 20 articles on a site I found just wasn't enough for me to come back and, you know, two, three months and have something to work on. So now I push, I like the numbers 50 and 100 to start. So I have a couple of 50s um, and I'm working on getting the new site I just bought to 100. And then the plan is that one I actually might keep going on because like I said, that's like the easy site or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I like the numbers like 50 and 100. So I know I have lots of content to come back to later. And it really depends on, you know, how much traffic you're getting to each article and things like that. But I kind of feel like the more content, the better. Right. Like you can't have too much content as long as it's quality content. Right. Because if you come back in six months and there's no traffic and there's no impressions in search console, you know, something's going on. And we didn't talk about the uh, amount of traffic, but just so people understand. So you have a lot of sites. Some of them are younger. Yeah, it's um, it sounds stressful. Just you talking about it's actually (laughs) relaxing. I really enjoy it. So um. If I group in like my top sites, probably collectively they have between, they fluctuate. Let's just go with the two on the ad network. Cause I know those numbers like off the top of my head. Um, if I combine those two together, well, eh. all right, let's just talk about the big site. I'm like, okay. trying to figure out how to do this. Makes sense. Yeah. The big site usually fluctuates between 75,000 sessions and a hundred thousand sessions a month, depending on the month with seasonality and stuff like that. And that honestly has been plateaued for the last year for the most part. Mostly because I haven't been working on it that much. When I first, um, I bought that site and I just really pounded on it for a while and I grew it and I grew it and I grew it. But then I kind of, you know, with all the stuff going on with the corporate job, I didn't have the time to put into it. So it kind of like plateaued from just, you know, I was still having content put on it. Um, I have a great group of writers for me that work on that site. And it just like me not going in and not paying enough attention, not paying things attention to content optimization and interlinking and making sure I've got all the affiliate links in there. Like I just stalled a lot and I probably hurt myself, but I just, I didn't have the time at that point. Okay. And then there's the argument, right? So if you, instead of starting this other new sites, if you just want to put time into that, do you, do you ever think about that? 
I wrestle with that all the time, but um, I get bored easy, Doug. Okay. Like I know, I know I should just like pound on this site, but I'm also thinking long-term and I know I definitely want a portfolio of sites. Like I don't want one big site and that's it because what happens if I get caught up in the next uh, helpful content update and lose my traffic overnight? I lose half my income. Um, So I'm definitely working on more of a long-term plan to build a really strong portfolio of sites to hopefully balance against all the different updates and stuff out there. But yeah, I, I, if I just like hammered on this one site, I'm sure I would get uh, a little further, a little faster, but right. at the same time, I kind of want to set it up for future proofing as well. Got it. And, you know, times have changed with the number of updates that we're seeing in the last um, year or so. Uh, having a portfolio does make a little more sense. Now, backing up just a little bit, I, I have a couple friends that have you know, worked on a few sites, they have a portfolio and then the timing was right. They were passionate about it and the site, like one of their sites blew up. So it was a no brainer to just like drop other sites that were making like say two to 5,000 per month. They would just, Mm -hmm. just leave them. Like they should sell, sell them or get rid of them. But like they were doing so well with their, you know, the one site that took off. So hopefully, you know, that happens and then it's super it's clear you know even if you get bored you'll just go deeper and deeper on the one site exactly of course it does leave you exposed and they you know he did run yeah and that's what i'm kind of worried about now is the exposure from not having that uh kind of fallback job (laughs) right and i mean and i always make the argument this is getting more maybe not philosophical exactly but if you are if all of your sites are subject to traffic from Google or a specific uh, monetization strategy, then I think it's still susceptible. So like we convince ourselves that it's diversified, but really if you have the same failure point across multiple things, but that's Uh, philosophical. I come from the tech industry and I designed like data centers and stuff like that. So it's true. Yeah. You have the same failure point. Like if if you don't have redundant power and you lose power to your data center, guess what? Nothing's going to work. That's the right. same exact thing. Yeah. So it might, it feels better, but yeah, there's only so much we can do and that's in a whole other, <laughs> a whole other area. Okay. Well, that said monetization. So you mentioned, um, display ads, Amazon affiliate, any other revenue sources, or you just focus on those two? That's pretty much what I've been focusing on so far. And like a lot of it has just been time, right? And Doug, you might kind of laugh at me for this or like give me a little slap on the wrist here, but Amazon affiliates is easy, right? It's easy. You go to Amazon, you get your products, you get your links. And I needed easy while I was still working because I didn't have the time to go, you know, figure out, well, okay, what's a good affiliate program for this particular um, site or this topic or whatever. So again, this is probably an, an area where I might've hurt myself a little bit. I was just going for, you know, what's the easiest thing to do because I'm so time limited right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's okay. That's the same advice that I give. Like Amazon is the easiest unless you are focusing on a couple sites, maybe in the same industry. And then you could work with like specific um, affiliates and work on your commissions and negotiate and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you have a lot of sites and time is limited. So, okay. That said, are there any areas that you're maybe thinking there's an opportunity, maybe with like digital products or something, not that you would create them specifically, but, you know, maybe you can promote people's courses or maybe there's software associated with something? Yeah, exactly. That's something I've just started to look at for some of these sites. And I know there's 
a ton of options out there for um, a couple of them, actually, like just off the top of my head, I'm like, oh, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. And again, it's really kind of putting in the time and the effort to research that. So, you know, I'm, I love spreadsheets. Just, I just love spreadsheets. So I got my little spreadsheet. And I track down all the products and the websites. And that's something I've just kind of started doing. But uh, I'm part of what I'm looking at is, okay, so I have a big site with a lot of traffic. I know I'm under monetizing it. Like I know this, right? I'm just using display ads and Amazon affiliate. I could be doing a lot more um, with the traffic I have. So that's like my big project right now is I, I want to build this site. I want more traffic because who doesn't want more traffic? And I need to um, kind of... I don't want to say is, is diversify the income sources or build the income sources, right? It's under monetized. Let's just leave it at that. Right. And do you think there's an opportunity to, you know, see who is running ads on uh, the display ads through the network and then go directly to them and see if they could work out a deal with you or do you like, how, how will you approach it? You know, that's something I've been thinking of. Um, honestly, I do a lot of, competitive analysis. I go look at similar sites and I see what programs are they promoting? What things are they doing? And that's been really helpful to me because um, this particular website, I would say it's a little tougher area for me than some of the other sites I have. Like it's something that I really have to like put myself in the right mindset to work on, which is, um, I don't want to say it's a problem. I like being forced to think a different way, but it's not something like if it was a tech site, I would be like, boom, 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 I'm done. Right. Uh, so it, a lot of it is just kind of because I hadn't been spending enough time like immersed in this world. Like I need to go back to basics, get a handle on like a, another big thing I've been doing is kind of like content classification. Like what are the pillars of content I have on this site and then attack it pillar by pillar. Okay. I have pillar a, what are some other products out there I could promote or courses I could promote out there for pillar a, make sure I have good interlinking, all that kind of stuff. Then I go on to the next pillar. Um, so that's something I've started as well. And let's see here. Let's move on to content. So you you mentioned you have writers. We've talked to AI tools a little bit in the past. Can you give us a sense of how much content, how many pieces of content you're publishing per month across your sites? That's a tougher question, so maybe buy you some time. But even if you just kind of give us a, a handle on how much you're producing. All right. Let's kind of try to do that. So when I personally write for one of my sites, and this is going to sound like a little zany, I do a batch of five posts. Like I do five at a time. Um, it's not like I'm just going to publish here and I'm going to go to this site. I'm going to go to this site. I'm going to this site. Uh, I pick my five posts. I write them. I do the images. I do the uploading, I do the interlinking. I do the publishing. So I go and groups of five. So I actually track on each site, like each group of five and how it's doing. So I would say probably in August and September, wait, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. I probably did 50 pieces of content myself um, across those two months. And then I have a couple of other sites where I have writers helping me out as well. So I have um, someone helping me out like, on one particular site that I've been making sure that gets between me and her like five articles a week on that site. Cause that's one that I'm definitely actively building the other site. Um, I just had 10 put on and then I probably have five a month from other people. So it's really, I kind of look at it as a site by site basis. And it's like, what do I want to do for this site? And even when I have other people, um, working with me as authors, I kind of like roll through them. Like I'll go, okay, we're going to do this site this week. Then the next site we're going to do is this week and then whatever. So it's really been kind of, and, and that's almost like 
a big thing is just doing your keyword research and your content plans, right? Like that I don't outsource. Um, I give my writers, here's a keyword, here's a content plan, if necessary, all that kind of stuff. So even just like when you hire people to write for you, even just kind of um, keeping up with, here's all the content I want to write is a big job, right? The content strategy piece is huge because I'm not one to just be like, oh yeah, just go write me five articles on chainsaws. I don't know. We'll use chainsaws for example today. I don't know why. I don't have a chainsaw site. I'm just saying <laughs> popped into my head. So that's been difficult for me too, is to get into the groove as I start to hire more writers um, of staying ahead of it, right? Okay, let me go and do my batch research. And I've, I've started to do that actually. Like one site I'm building to 100, I'm like, I'm going to map out the articles I need to get to 100 for this one. I'm going to map out the articles I need to get for 200 for this one. So I know, okay, this week is this five. This week is that five. Next week is that five. Um, so I, I would say it's a big thing to come up with your content strategy, especially working on multiple sites too. Like that is a big thing that I think a lot of people overlook because we talk about keyword research a lot. Uh, we talk about content a lot, but we never really talk about the whole workflow I've noticed. A lot of people don't do it. You do your keyword research here and then write your articles over here. But what does that whole workflow look like? Right. And here's something interesting. Um, I used to be really big into doing a ton of keyword research and then using it for months. Please don't do that. Like that is terrible because things change. Like I finally got around to writing this article. I'm like, what is going on? I should have ranked for this. Like it's easy. And then I go back and it's not easy anymore. So another thing is kind of like checking in on your strategy on a regular basis. So you know when to pivot or things changed or you need to switch some orders or something like that. Yep. And I think the other part of that is people will spend maybe, I'm just going to make it up, like two months doing keyword research to get hundreds of keywords. <laughs> and then they could have been writing like after week one because they yes. found like 10 keywords and it will take them uh, you know, a week or two you know, to write those articles. You know, a question a lot of people like ask me, and I don't, you probably get this more than me, Doug, like how many articles should I launch with? And I'm like, just post to the website. Like don't launch, just start writing articles and post the content. Don't wait till you have 20 articles to hit publish. Like just start writing. Like the best thing you could do for yourself is just start writing on that website. Don't like wait, don't whatever. Just, just publish the articles, please. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm not sure. I mean, we never know what other background information they have or don't have. So yeah, some people, I think they're maybe nervous that someone will land on their site and it's quote, not ready yet. And, you know, they would be so lucky if someone actually got on the site and then right. <laughs> thought it was bad. You know, that that's great if someone actually landed on your site. So, yeah, you'd, you could launch and maybe you want to have, I think maybe people think about their budget too. And they're, they're wondering like, ah, when or how much money do I need to launch the website? Right. But kind of arbitrary at some point. So um, the other part that I thought of when you were explaining that is even if people are hiring a content company that does the keyword research and they'll you know draft the content they don't do the extra stuff that you were talking about and even if they they do add some internal links and an image and a couple other things generally even the expensive companies are doing kind of the bare minimum and they kind of fuck up sometimes so like if you're True. not double checking then you, I mean, almost guaranteed there's probably going to be like 10 to 15% of the content that will have like some little mistake, different, right? Let's say you get a hundred articles written. It's not all the same writer. Right. So 
there will be different mistakes throughout. So you have to look. That takes a lot of time too. Yeah. And it was a big thing for me to start handing over the writing more and more, but I'm like, I can't scale myself anymore. Uh, so what is like the highest impact stuff I can do? And I still, I still do a ton of writing. Don't get me wrong. I just don't do all the writing anymore, but I'm still like very much in a pump content mode, but I have not handed over that like final. Well, on one side, I have someone helping me with it, but in, in most places I haven't handed over that final kind of checking and maybe a little bit of editing and interlinking and all that kind of stuff. Like I don't hand that stuff over. Uh, I'm still doing that myself. And I think there's going to come a point where I'm going to need to hand that over. And that's going to be hard because I'm going to need to find someone that's going to do it um, the way I want to. Right. So part of me is like in the back of my head, like I come from the tech world. Right. So I'm thinking of like, I need standard operating procedures. So at some point I can operationalize this and start handing it over and teaching people. Right. So that's something I kind of have in the back of my mind too, because I'm a limiting point. Like I was just looking at a website. I have 50 articles sitting in in draft that I need to get published. And I'm like, I need to do this now. Uh, so it's even when you're there, there's, it's like a whole workflow, right? There's a lot more than just writing or buying the content or whatever. It, it really just needs to all be assembled the right way at the end. And I haven't outsourced that yet. And just getting back. So it sounds like you roughly publish like a hundred plus articles per month. Yeah. That's across scary. Okay. And then <laughs> you, you have some writers working for you. How many writers are working with you? Um, do, do, do. I think three or four, three or four. And then you do quite a bit of writing also. Still, yeah. Okay. Um, AI tools. So AI tools. I so, love them. Yeah, how do you They're use great. them? Which, which ones do you like? So I like, and I don't know if this counts is an AI tool. Um, have you heard of something called phrase? Yes. So phrase I use to build my outlines and I like to do a lot of my SERP research in phrase just because it's easy. They have this view where you can go, um, are competitive, like the, through each SERP result, see the outline, kind of see what it's about, open it in a new window if you want to. So that's how I do all of my outlines. And then, um, I, what do they call it now? It's, uh, it started as conversion AI, then it was Jarvis and they got in trouble for that. Jasper. I think it's Jasper, Jasper now, right? Yeah. Um, I like Jasper, but I don't have Jasper just like write me a blog post, right? I kind of go in knowing what I want and I will tell Jasper to write, be like, write about why it's important to grease your chainsaw blades. I don't know, just like whatever, but I'm giving right. Jasper very specific instructions on what I want. And then I'm honing it a little bit. I'm not really just like, just go write an article, not looking at it and then publishing it. Right. So I kind of have Jasper help me speed things up in some areas. Um, one thing that one of my friends, uh, her name is Nina Claverton. She's awesome. Uh, she ha kind of gave me like a little Jaspery bootcamp when I first started working with it again. And I like like listicles with Jas Jasper, like um, top five ways to clean your chainsaw. Like, I don't know. Right. And you mm -hmm. can tell Jasper, like, tell me five different ways to ch clean a chainsaw and it'll give you a list of five. Then you could say like, expand on how to clean this chainsaw with soap or something like that. Right. So I kind of use Jasper to help me, but I just don't be like, write me an article and walk away and come back to an article. Okay. Um, I, I don't think that's a good way to do it because I mean, it's an AI, right? right. Like it, it's, it's smart, but it's still not human. Um, and I think, I think AIs get a bad rap a lot of times, but I bet a lot of times people can't even tell if it's AI written or not quite honestly. And as, as time has gone on and I talked to more people, it sounds like the people that are using AI effectively do what you're saying, you know, maybe it's a research component, like you're using phrase mm -hmm. to do that. And then 
just to put together the the narrative piece, but you're kind of guiding it along the way. Yeah. And you have written a lot in the past. How much time do you think you're saving, even though you're an experienced writer, how much time is an AI tool like Jasper saving you? Um, all right. So I can tell you within a 24 hour period, and I, I don't know, I don't know how much time this is saving 24 hour period. Um, I can do a full five bat hour, a full batch of five articles between 1000 and 2000 words, soups and nuts while living my normal life and doing other things too. That's okay. kind of like my watermark. Like I know I can do a batch of content in a day. Okay. Um, so I think it does save me a lot of time, especially okay. if it's a topic that like, I don't know that well, like cleaning chainsaw blades. Like I don't know five ways to clean chainsaw blades. I would have to go read all these articles on how to clean chainsaw blades. Like tell Jasper to give me five and then I can go back to phrase and kind of look through the SERPs and be like, yeah, I, I see these coming up over and over again. This is accurate. Or like, they're telling me that I should clean the chainsaw by dropping it in the bathtub. That's probably not a good idea. Let's right. take this one out and try again, right? Okay. So in just as a baseline, so that, that was good. Five articles. A day, yeah. So in the past, without an AI tool, how long would that have taken you? Just, and I know that's a hard <sighs> Look, question I'm to writing answer. this, yeah. I just, I've just published this one and it was very, very research intensive. And I had to work on this thing for hours, like hours and hours, like over a several week period, because it was like, it was so research intensive that I wasn't comfortable giving it over to Jasper because it's a topic that I'm trying to build like authority in, right? And I'm like, I need to know this anyway, because this is new for me. So I'm going to at least write the first couple myself because I don't know anything about it, right? Um, this was something I just kept on going back to over and over and over. And it literally took me hours. It probably took me multiple days if I squished it all together to write this one article in a new topical area that I had alerted myself. So it took a long time. Okay, got it. And yeah, and Hopefully I hope the next one's faster because that was brutal. And for something like that, do you, how do you determine whether or not you like trust uh, what Jasper and other AI tools? Well, well that's right? my thing. Like, I'm not going to necessarily give Jasper anything that I don't know enough about to know if it's accurate or not. Okay. Got um, it. Because then I'm going to have to fact check it. Like, it, it does come out with crazy things sometimes, even when you're guiding it, right? So if it's not an area I know enough about, I probably won't hand it over, at least not till I do a couple myself and learn about it, right? Because for me to hand it something that I don't know, and I don't know if it's accurate, well, guess what? The next helpful content update is going to roll around and say, you don't know what you're talking about, bam. And it's not going to get me because it's AI content. It's going to get me because it's not accurate. So that's the big thing that I feel like maybe AI gets a bad name because people just take it at face value, right? They don't check it. They don't do anything. They just say, okay, I wrote this article, go for it. Um, as long as you're making sure it's accurate, I don't see a problem with it, but you do need to make sure it's accurate. Cause I have uh, just had it come back with really rainy, dainy stuff. I'm like, there's no way that's true. Oh yeah, yeah. it's definitely not true. So you mentioned a lot of the content or at least some of the content is about a thousand to 2000 words. Can you talk a little bit about like, uh, the length of individual pieces and then how much content is on some of your larger sites. Yeah, it really, it depends. So part of what I use phrase for is it kind of gives you a score and tells you like all your, the average length of this keyword, uh, the average length of article is 1600 words, right? So I'll make sure I do at least 1600 quality words and answer the questions in the article. Um, I kind of go by that. I go by what is everybody else doing? And then I try to add a little more value than everybody else has added. 
Um, that is a slippery slope, though, because it's easy to get into being too far from the topic you're targeting if you start going down the rat hole of like, well, you know what? Everybody else wrote a 1600 word article, but I'm going to write a 5000 word article on this single topic and it's going to be the best, but I can't get to 5000 words. So I keep adding all these things that are kind of related, but not really. So the trick is to kind of keep it really tight. Um, I would say, you know, depending on the keyword itself, anything between a a thousand and two thousand words again based on the topic right some are longer some are shorter it kind of depends i I look at what everybody else is doing because they seem to be doing okay right perfect okay so you you were telling me that you started to study and analyze how long it would take you to rank certain posts and you knew you do these blocks (laughs) of five so Yeah. yeah what can you tell us about uh what you've learned and then how you make projections based on that analysis that you're doing. Yeah. And this is absolutely a work in progress because this time last year, I had projections in my mind of how long it would take me to grow a site to a certain amount of traffic. And I was completely wrong. It took way longer than I expected. And I had all these projections based on what time, um, because based of what I had seen in the past, it seemed okay. But all these updates came out around. Um, this was one of the sites that got whacked by product review a couple times too. So it was kind of just like, whatever at this point. So what I'll do is I will take my group of five and um, I use this Google data studio all the time, right? I build a filter with them and I'll watch them from when I publish them to how long does it take to get the first click? How long does it take to start getting impressions? And how long does it take to really start bringing traffic? Um, I will give one example off top of my head. It's a site that I'm actively working on to build. So one of the ones I'm really focusing on, I could tell you it takes about four months to really start seeing traffic on articles. Like I get the onesie twosie clicks, like I see the impressions going up, but it took like a solid four months to see good traffic from these articles. And that to me, um, that was, I don't know, I guess it's not that bad, but I was like, wow, I wasn't expecting it to take that long. Um, And that's just how it is. So I started doing this for every site. It's like, how long does it take to get that first click? Do I see the impressions going up? When do I go back and try to optimize it or whatever? And I'm trying to track that. I'm trying to figure out like, all right, so I have two sites that I'm really working on, but this one, uh, it takes two months to get good traffic. This one takes four. So in my mind, that means I almost need twice as much content on the four month one right now because I'm not going to have the data to make the decision on what topics I do next. It's going to take too long for me to get that data. So I'll go really hard and really build like a nice, good cluster of keywords, knowing that, okay, I'm going to publish these 10, 20 articles in this really nice topic cluster. And four months from now, I should be sitting pretty, but I need to put the more work in up front, right? And make sure it's not just 20 different articles on all different topics. I need to do the right things up front because it's going to take so long. Um, Some other sites I don't publish as a I won't publish, you know, five related posts necessarily because I know, okay, I'm going to start getting traffic in a couple days. So I'm just going to do the five that seem the most interesting to me right now. Uh, So it's kind of just kind of watch and every site is different. Uh, It really depends on a lot of different things. And I'm not like an authority on what to look at, but I would say everybody should kind of look at your sites and start tracking, you know, public just pick an article that you published this week or last month or a month before and go look at them all and see the progress and kind of see all right, how long is it taking me to rank? Because I have some sites I publish and I'm getting traffic the next day. That's just how that site works. It's really old. It's really established. That's how it goes. Um, 
And some of the newer ones, it's just like a longer, slower grind out. But knowing that you want to be someplace where you're getting on a good ad network, you're building a lot of uh, revenue, right? It's important to really hammer that content in a smart way up front because it's taking longer and longer. And you you highlighted, a, a well, there there's just too many variables, right? So yeah, there's so many we, variables. We can, there's probably a handful that matter the most, but it's really hard because there's only so much data, even though you have a lot of sites, like you may look at, like you said, the age, the number of links, how many other keywords are ranking, the quality of the content. Like there's probably 10 or 15 really important things. And I, you know, I don't know which, which ones I got to imagine. Um, if you're getting a lot of traffic and you have some backlinks and it's an older site, you're probably able to just publish stuff at rank a lot more quickly. So do you have a way to, I guess in Google data studio, which I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't played with it. You got to try it. I love it. So do you, can you monitor like the, I guess this is all calculus, right? So it's like the change over time, right? So can you see how it's improving? Yeah. You can set all different date filters. So like, I just, I like month over month. And I'll build okay. actually for one, I built week over week, month over month, you know, you can go this month, last year and stuff like that. So all that is kind of built in. So you can just build yourself a sheet of graphs with, okay, here's this art, here's this, you know, group of content. And here it is uh, month over month, week over week, this month, last year, last 90 days over this 90 days. There's a lot of different ways to kind of put it together um, to make it make sense for you. And especially once you kind of learn how things go. I had one site, my fun site, actually, we'll just call it the fun site from now on. I published and it's, I I just started publishing on it, right? I was just kind of doing a lot of back end, like fixing things. And I'm like, I just started publishing and I published and within two days, I got a click to one of the articles. I'm like, oh, that's nice. I like to see that. That's a good sign, right? Uh, This site might be a little, might be a little something to play with. So I published five more and I'm like, let's see what happens next. I haven't checked today yet. When did I publish them? published them late last week, but I haven't checked today to see if I've gotten any clicks on them quite yet. Okay. Uh, but it, uh, it's a fun little experiment. And once you kind of learn your site, uh, you can come up with a better strategy. I feel, I feel like you really got to know your sites. Like, you know, your traffic a lot of times, right? Like I know um, some of my sites, the, the biggest day of the week is always Sunday, right? I know other sites, the biggest day of the week is Tuesday. And you just kind of start to learn how your site behaves through the seasons, through the days of the week, all that kind of stuff. And this is like an extension of it. That's like the next level. Like, okay, I know I do really well in the summer because I have a lot of summer articles. So, you know, to plan ahead for summer and stuff like that, you'll make your most money in the summer. Like this is the next kind of deep dive in content strategy. Once you kind of understand how your site works, let's kind of go and dig in and figure out how can we grow the fastest by understanding how our site works? And it's okay if you don't know the answer to this question. What's your gut on like the most important component? Is it just the age of the site generally? Is that what you're seeing? I have, it's not just the age of the site. I don't think, I think that certainly helps. Um, but I've, I've done exp- expired domain uh, experiments where they didn't go so well, too. So I don't think it's always the age of the site. I think it has to do a lot with the difficulty of the keywords you're going after and how good your content is. Um, and probably to some extent, the age of the site, too. But I think the content is still probably the most important thing. And um, the keywords. And I don't, I don't remember where I read this. And I, this is something that I've seen 
a couple of times. It's like kind of like the theory is you go into Google Search Console and then you look at your average, right, over the last 30 days. So if I had 50 clicks, right, over the last 30 days, so and I've seen this a couple of times, maybe you've seen this, Doug. Um, that means that Google's comfortable sending you traffic within that kind of search volume. It trusts you enough, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you build a certain amount of content at that level, but you need aspirational content to get you to the next level too, right? And it kind of slowly over time increases. I've seen a lot of people talk about that kind of theory is like, you look at what you have now and Google trusts that. So you do more of that. So it trusts you more, but then you have to start going above and beyond and trying to grow. Um, And I think I've hurt myself sometimes not doing enough the aspirational content because I'm so um, focused on, I know I can rank a, a, a volume of a hundred, I'll just write a ton of those and those will bring me traffic. Well, you know, I need to be doing the 200, the 300, the 400 as well, because when my site gets stronger, I want that sitting there waiting. Right. And then I see it start coming in for those harder keywords. And I know I go harder, I go harder, I go harder. Got it. Before we shift here, anything else on content that you can Oh, so much content. I I think we've covered a lot on content today. Great. Okay. So before we go on to the prioritizing and stuff, We'll just make this, I usually don't do too many ads here, but you took my course a few years ago. I did, yes. And um, what's it's cool to interview people that have taken the course. You can get a lot of, of information not taking a course, but I'm curious, did the course <laughs> help you specifically in any ways? And, and like I said- I don't I, know if you yeah. remember this, Doug, but yeah. I think I, I bought your course for my birthday one year. And then I emailed you. I'm like, I'm on maternity leave right now. Can you just unlock the whole course? Because like I actually have some time and I'm not going to soon. So can you just like give me the whole thing instead of like metering it out week over week? Yeah. Um, for me, I, I, had read, I had pretty much like read your whole website at that point too. And I was kind of reading all this stuff. But like for me, with the limited amount of time I had, I just needed someone to lay it out for me in black and white and tell me what to do. Right. And I, you know, I don't, um, no offense, but I did things in your course that maybe I shouldn't like, I didn't listen to your ratio of, uh, kind of money content versus informational content in some cases. And that came back to bite me lesson learned. Um, but for me, I needed that kind of just like, I need this laid out for me so I can learn it and do it and see the results. And then I can, I love to experiment. Then I can start experimenting. So the value for me was like, you know, Doug knows what he's doing. He's done this a bunch of times. Let me just like learn from him and learn how to do this. So now I know, right. And I can go forth and do kind of my own stuff. So for me, it was just like, I needed it laid out for me. And I really liked your background with kind of like the project management background and stuff like that. I'm like, this is going to make a lot of sense to me. You just lay it all out so well that I'm like, this is, this is the formula. That's what I need. I need the formula right now. Perfect. And yeah, the course is open today. So we're uh, going to publish this on October 10th, 2022. So the course is open um, for the rest of the week if you happen to be listening to it uh, when it publishes. But if not, um, and it's sometime in the future, you can follow the link and potentially it'll be open, but you could shoot me an email, Doug at Niche Site Project, and we could figure out how to help you out. But I, Melissa, I specifically remember because that is really <laughs> weird. Um, someone's like, ah, I bought this as a birthday present for myself. And and then you're doing it for, uh, you know, for fun when you had time off of work. So uh, yeah, I definitely remember when you emailed <laughs> me. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, good, good to have you on here. And uh, thanks for the kind words on the course. So you, you know, you reached some level where you were like, I'm going to quit my job. So now you're working for yourself. You are your own boss. 
how do you figure out what to work on? Um, you can basically work on anything and you now see all these possibilities and opportunities probably more than you used to. So how, yeah, how do you approach sure. that? So I kind of approach it a couple different ways. And I think I am still, and you might be able to shed some light on this. I think I'm still trying to like decondition myself from the corporate world because it doesn't have to be like a corporate job, but I'm so used to that. Like I'm like kind of like unjobbing myself still, but I will say there is an element of, yes, I like, I kind of write down here are the things I know I have to do, but there's also an element where I leave space for stuff I want to do. Right. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff like, do I want to go through a hundred posts and and do interlinking? No, I don't want to do that, but I have to do that. So I'm going to do that. But you know what? After I do that, I'm going to go do something fun. Uh, Go work on this fun website or go write a fun article or something like that. So there's an element of like understanding the stuff that you need to do, but making sure that you're keeping yourself in a good place because I didn't like do this so I could sit and be miserable all day, just spend a day doing interlinks. But there are days where I will sit down and be like, I'm going to power through this horrible task I have to do and just get it off my plate. And I will do nothing else until I finish it. And you don't have that necessarily that corporate, uh, that flexibility in the corporate world because you've got this meeting and that meeting and this and that and that and all that kind of stuff. So it's very much of uh, kind of checking in and keeping a running list of the priority items that I need to do. Um, And then like that running list of all the stuff that I should have been doing for the last year that I wasn't. And I add that in is whatever, but the freedom to say, you know what, today I just want to go write a blog about chainsaws. And that's what I really feel called to do today. I would love that. So I'm going to write the chainsaw blog. Okay. And with the, let's get even more granular. So with the, you know, 20 plus sites plus other things going on, Mm -hmm. How do you know from like a day-to-day or weekly basis, like what do I need to do? And it it gets tough because sometimes things will uh, pop up as urgent, but they're not super important. You know, the important urgent matrix. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, So for for people that aren't, um, you could look up like the Eisenhower matrix, but it's like you have things that are important, things that are not important, things that are urgent and not urgent. There's a grid and there's some things that um, just are not important and not urgent, or maybe they're not important, but they're urgent. Like I get a ton of emails and they seem urgent because they're in my inbox, but I have to ignore them. So I could do other things that maybe don't, aren't urgent in the next few weeks, but they're important. So how, how do you figure that out? So I kind of have this master spreadsheet with a tab for every different site. So like I have 21, right? But I'm working on to, I would say I'm working on about six, like really focused on, right? So I focus on those six and I'm like, okay, well, this site, I have somebody writing for me, so I don't have to worry about content. That's good. This site, I have uh, someone writing for me. We're good. All right. These are the sites I need to do content for. Let me come up with my next, um, like I'll keep a running list of the next 10, 20 articles I'm going to write, that kind of thing. And just kind of like checking in. Um, so I have like this dashboard where I can monitor all of my traffic and all of my progress in one easy place, just so I can see how things are going. Right. And my big thing is like, I built these dashboards cause I was wasting too much time in Google analytics and Google search console, just like analysis paralysis. Right. So I go in in the morning, I check my stuff. And unless I have another reason to go do a deep dive in something in search console, I don't look at that stuff anymore. Right. But I want to be able to pivot at the same time. So like I see these, uh, sites that got hit coming back pretty strong. I might go spend a little time there this week, honestly. I wasn't planning on it, but I think I'm going to go take a look and dig around a little and see if I can get any more momentum. Like, why not? Um, So it's just kind of 
you know, trying to figure out, hey, you want to keep yourself happy. So I'm happy working on this portfolio of six right now. Like there, there's always something for me to do, which I like because I get bored really easily. So like we talked about, like if I just hammered this one big site, I'd probably be making a lot money, a lot, a lot more money, a lot faster, but I would get bored really easy. And I'm kind of thinking longer term. So it was just a matter of kind of like checking in. Um, I have my list to do for each website. Maybe I'll spend this day on this website or I say I'm going to do my next five articles for this that website, that kind of thing. And just kind of going through them and keeping an eye on things. But again, being able to pivot as I want to, because I saw this one site coming back. So or these two sites coming back so strong, I might go like spend a little time there this week. We'll see. Okay. And but I'm big on lists, like task lists. I just had, I just like brain dump and I like planners. Like this is, this is ridiculous. This is a planner. Right. This is a planner. Uh, This is an iPad with digital notebooks on it. Like I have like 10 notebooks on my desk. I'm a little, little. I'm weird. Like I, I literally have three over here as well. Okay. And I like, I, I'm not sure why I have mo- sometimes I, f- I forget one when I'm out of town. So I'll like have a different one that I'm using. Anyway, notebooks are pretty good. I like planners as well. And, oh, I was going to say with obviously with a corporate job, there is probably more structure, but I get the feeling that you probably had a lot of autonomy and had to manage your time. Well, I did beforehand. actually. Okay. I did. And I keep a pretty like rigid structure now to, well, no, I, I have more flexibility now. So I'll go like in the middle of the day and go do something because I can, right? Like I'll go mm-hmm. to park or go do whatever. Um, but like right now while I'm still in this like ramp up time, like in my mind, I have like three phases of my non-corporate journey. Like phase one is going to be the worst because you're really still building that base, right? So I do more things. I have more freedom. Yes, but I'm still working extremely, extremely hard and really grinding it out, right? Then I get to a point where, okay, now I'm uh, kind of making the money I need a little bit more. Now I can be a little smarter with reinvesting things and starting to try to operationalize more, right? And like, uh, and I know you're very big into financial independence as well, right? Like that's my path. Ultimately, I'm not there yet. I have a lot of hard work I need to do first, but kind of just always like checking in on like, what are my goals? Where do I want to be? And how do I get there? Um, but for now, like I'm still like very, very rigid and working a lot of hours because um, I want to and I want to grow, but it's not, it's different. It's just like so different when you're working for yourself versus, you know, working the corporate job. It's not as stressful. I don't feel as burned out as I did. It's just a completely different paradigm when you're doing it for yourself and you're knowing that everything you do is going to pay off down the line versus, okay, I did this horrible thing for my job and whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yep. And I was going to say that totally makes sense. When I got laid off, it took me about six months or so before I got like pretty good footing. I mean, things, things were going fine. I got traction, but like after six months, it was like, okay, I could stop doing the stuff that I thought I needed to do. And Mm -hmm. it was a lot less stressful. And I mean, like you said, it doesn't feel, you won't get burned out. I mean, you're managing what you're working on you're choosing what you want to work on. Yeah. So like that should make you happy. Otherwise you're like choosing bad things that you don't want to work <laughs> on. So cool. Any other thoughts on, you know, actually let's, let's reframe it. So if maybe someone hasn't worked for themselves and maybe didn't have as much autonomy as you used to have, even with a corporate job, like how should they structure uh, their projects, um, their their day and what they work on? And they have really no structure and didn't have that kind of control or opportunity before. 
you know, it's tough. You really need to find out what works for you and makes you the best. Like I get up early, I have my coffee, I do what I have to do, I start working. But some people are like more night owls, right? Like some people don't want to get up early. Some people are like, you know what, I feel the best if I get up at 10 a.m. So if you're the you've, you're the best if you get up at 10 a.m. and stay up a little later, uh, then that's what you should do, right? And there's almost like an element of learning yourself to it too. Like, how do I work the best? What do I need? Um, do I need to go for a walk in the afternoon? Do I need to stretch in the morning? Am I better off stretching in the afternoon? A lot of it is just kind of going back to like basic self-care. Like, were you taking care of yourself before? Because now your time is your own. So now you can do those things you couldn't do before. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's almost like you get to know yourself over again. And you got to kind of follow your lead. But what I, I what I will say is like, okay, if you need to give yourself a week or two to do nothing and decompress, that's fine. But that could also be a slippery slope too. Like, you got to do something, right? Just don't like, I don't know, watch TV all day and be like, oh, I didn't get any work done, right? You still do need some kind of structure at the beginning, at least. And that transition, um, even for me, that transition was weird because I'm just like, I kept on like looking at my phone over, like I stopped wearing the Apple watch. Right. Because I was so inundated by notifications. And even now I like, I grab my phone all the time and I'm checking my phone. I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't know. It's two months later. And I still like, am checking to go see Microsoft teams. That's no longer installed to see if anybody wants anything. Like it's kind of crazy. Um, But there's definitely take the time to like learn yourself over right in this new environment and figure out like how you can kind of hack it so you can work the most uh in the most productive method method and that might take a little while to figure out yeah it will you and i was going to say you know what what have you changed so you said you you uh took off your watch which funny thing is we were starting to record um (laughs) you got like a thousand notifications um you were you kept getting texts like over and over again so i made this thing off turn it off (laughs) make it stop yeah. Yeah. So anything else that you discovered where you, where you were like, oh, I, I think I want to change up what I thought um, was like optimal. Um, I definitely have been doing more stretching and meditating, which has been uh, nice because I'm not good at that stuff. I, I actually like make sure I eat food now. Like I had days where like if I don't pack my lunch the night before, like and I, I worked from home, right? Like if I don't pack my lunch the night before, like I don't have time to eat because I just don't. Right. So like I'm. I yeah. made, this morning is a great example. I made myself pancakes at 930 because I felt like it and I could make myself pancakes at 930. Why not? So it's stuff like that. Like always just making sure, like, make sure you take time to eat. Make sure I'm not a big outside person. I, I try to, but I'm not really like my little bubble. Um, you know, go out, take a walk, go run some errands, go like go to the supermarket in the middle day where no one else is there. Right. Like use your flexibility to make your life better and more productive. And like I said, it kind of takes a while to figure some of that stuff out. But um. Figure out what you like to do and put some of that in that because now you can. You can schedule an hour of me time a day where you just do whatever you want, whatever it might be. Oh, my big thing is um the new Game of Thrones that came out, like House of the Dragon or whatever. Like every week I set an hour aside and I watch it without a laptop, without a phone, without a tablet. I sit and I just watch TV for an hour. And like I never did that before ever. Like I always had a phone or a laptop or I was always working. So that's it sounds like. It sounds really silly that I'm spending an hour a week doing nothing but watching TV. But for me, that was a huge thing because I had never let myself do that before. That's great. And that's that's a pro tip for uh, the grocery shopping. Like it's the middle of the day when we're recording this. I'm going to go to um, the grocery store. And typically uh, the best time to go is, yeah, in, in the morning during the week. And it's just like senior citizens and a couple like – randos like me in there it's the best time to go in there 
I don't know what it, it's like senior day at Kroger or whatever. I'm not <laughs> quite sure, but that's how it works. Um, awesome. Well, this has been very awesome to get an update from you. You mentioned this in the last time that, that you were on. You have a, a free core web. Is it still free? The core web. Yeah, Vitals absolutely. Course? It's still free. Um, I have a course. It? on core web vitals and how to make you pass with simple actionable tips. We'll put a link into the show notes, but my website is melismadigital.com. And I'm part of what I am going to be doing is because I have this huge tech background, I kind of don't want to let it go to waste. Like I, how many times did I talk about like Google data studio, right? I need to go make you guys some content on Google data studio. Cause there's been a complete game changer for me. So in the meantime, I'm really good at making sites pass core web vitals without making like insane changes. Um, so go take a look at that free course and um, I hope it helps you. Awesome. And yeah, we'll, we'll link up for that. So if, if people are on their phones or whatever driving, then you just check it out later and we'll make sure it's easy to get to. So Melissa, this is great. Anywhere else people should find you aside from what you just mentioned? That's pretty much it. Doug told me last time I really should start making some YouTube videos and uh, it's something I'm thinking about, but I haven't actually got to do that. But uh, I think yeah. I think I'm going to give it a go. We're going to see. Especially the, the data studio stuff, because I know people want to consolidate and just get out yeah. of... Um, you know, analytics, just see it on a dashboard and then move forward. So cool. All right. Well, thanks, Melissa. Thanks for having me.